Hello, I'm Emma Rice, the Artistic Director of Wise Children, and you're listening to Wise Children's Lockdown. Our lockdown project is about us finding ways of staying close to each other. On this show, I call up an old friend, play some records, and most importantly, get to chat and reminisce. Come and join us for Tea and Biscuits. Hello and welcome to Wise Children's Lockdown Tea and Biscuits and today I'm talking to my dear friend, musician and composer, Stu Barker. Hello Stu. Hi Emma and how are you? (laughs) I'm all right, thank you very much. The sun's shining which makes a big difference. How about you? Um, Tell me, um, how's your lockdown going? Where are you? And paint me a picture. It's going well. I mean I'm in Abergavenny with with Carmen, my girlfriend, and with with Django, my son, and Ruby, Carmen's daughter. So we're we're having a lovely time. We've got a big garden with sort of mountains all around us. So plenty of places to get exercise. That sounds idyllic. It's it's like being on holiday. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think we're supposed to say that, are we? No. So I've been playing lots of bagpipes and hurdy-gurdy and, you know, keeping busy. I'm getting a bit bored of it all now. (laughs) It's driving me mad. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's the trouble, isn't it? We spend our lives being so busy and sort of wishing for a break and then suddenly it comes and you think, gosh, I don't know what to do with myself. Um, Most importantly, though, what is your virtual or real biscuit of choice today? Well, I have a bit of a selection on the go here. I've got got the classic digestive, McVitie's digestive biscuit. He's got a full selection. I'm very envious. I'm so looking forward to talking to you today, but thinking about it, it's almost impossible because we have created so many shows together and performed in so many shows together. It's almost impossible to know where to start. Absolutely. I mean, I kept coming across certain tunes from different shows, like Sans Souci by Peggy Lee, and I was thinking, oh, I love that one. And all the stuff from The Itch, and there was, you know, so many great, great tunes, you know. Oh, I know, so many. So I'm going to take us forward a bit in time, and I'm going to skip over all the early shows, largely because I haven't got any recordings of them. But it was such a list. Red Shoes, The Itch, Wooden Frock, The Back Eye, Brief Encounter, and I'm going to take us right up to Matter of Life and Death, um, which is when we went to the National and we were on the Olivier stage, and I think you got the biggest band. Was that the first time we managed to get four musicians? I think I think we had five. Five. Counted. Yeah. Although oh, Dom with was Dom, yeah, because he was singing and but it was the biggest sound we'd managed to have and it was such a blast, wasn't it? I remember just oh, yeah. feeling so excited to be in that big space that big stage and having those resources. Yeah. And you guys were on the and Bill Mitchell's amazing set and you were on a sort of floating platform. And I remember the beginning when the dock doors went out and you could see all the way back to the back of the Olivier and the band coming forward almost out of space as if you were on clouds on that amazing moving platform it was absolutely bloody brilliant um so i'm gonna kick off with a piece of music to get us going and i have chosen as my first choice only believe vocals by dom lawton lyrics by tom morris and music composed by the one and only Stu barker hold out your hand and i'll touch it trust me it isn't a dream You've got the heart to believe it Things can be more than they seem You 
said, only believe that the clouds are high. Only believe that the sky is blue. You said, only believe, and you'll wonder why. You didn't believe I'd come back to you. absolutely cracking tune so let's go right back to the beginning because we first met as performers didn't we we certainly did yeah in the sort of late 90s i suppose with with or mid 90s i with think me, it was I. the mid i i'm not yeah. sure but i'm gonna plump for 96 strange cargo oh well i think we did trig eagle the year before when you were on you were directing with bill I oh think. that's true yeah that's true i don't think so i was that, directing was know. i i don't know what i was doing Hanging you were out. co-director. You were fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderfully encouraging. <laughs> gosh, I, gosh, I've almost... It's such an interesting exercise talking to all these friends and trying to remember because I can't piece it all together. But yeah, we met as performers. Yeah. Me and uh, me in um, Strange Cargo, you in the band, you in Tregeagle. And then yeah. when I started directing, which was all a bit of a surprise to me... Um, I asked you to make the soundtrack because it was the itch was the first time we worked together, wasn't it? And there was no yeah. live musicians at all in that. No, no, there wasn't. It was all recorded soundtrack, and it was uh, you had some Elvis songs and some like Golden Gate Quartet music. Yeah, and Les Baxter. And then 
I, yeah, I just said, what about Les Baxter? Yeah, that kind yeah, of fitted the world. Yeah, you introduced me to all of that. But my my biggest memory of that is that we were already mates by that point, but you used mm. to make me tapes, you used to send me music. And we did yeah. that for years and years, didn't we? And I feel like I don't do that with anybody yeah. anymore, but we've no. just exchanged us so much musical taste. And you've completely influenced my whole life with not only the music that you write, but the music that you gave me and introduced me to. So I've got such happy memories oh, of that. Fantastic. I remember we used to share lifts quite a bit. So we used to listen to stuff in the car together. <laughs> That's well. true. <laughs> so you used to, I used to pick me up from Exeter. So when we met, you lived in Bristol and I lived in Exeter. Yeah. So you would pick me up. Yeah. And we'd have a good two hours. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember that and, time you uh, spilt your soup on your hand and it was the biggest blister I've ever seen? I did. <laughs> I did, and we had a gig at the um, Opera North <laughs> of me, Fluff and Dom, and, and, and we were talking about the songs, and, and I had this massive blister hanging on my finger <laughs> that was playing the cello <laughs> as, a, as a plucked bass, and the audience were just looking at this blister as like, is it going to pop? Is it was almost gonna... as big as your hand, it was so bad. Anyway, yeah. I digress, I digress. Um, <laughs> talk to me a little bit about your process as a composer. How do you start and what's unique about you? I know what I think, but tell me in your own words. Um, well, I I, th- I think I try and yeah, <laughs> come up with some ideas of music that I think would be good for, for a certain character or a certain theme, whether it's a romantic theme or a... Or you know, I hear you know whatever the characters are. Um, think up some music that that I would, would 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 fit them really, and then and then have a listen to those pieces of music, and then and then try and sort of forget all that and just write something from from scratch. And it, it usually has absorbed some of the influence of those those, those influences, and. Um, and 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 then I sketch it out into a song and play it to, to you. And because <laughs> that's my memory is coming to your studio, which was um, sort of in a in a basement in Bristol, and and you'd have your harp and your hurdy gurdy and your dulcimer, and you'd be um, working with yourself, really recording yourself and singing over the top, and then yeah. feeling the component. I remember feeling the components of the music coming together. So I'd. You'd hear, yeah. you know, the underscore, and then you'd start laying in the, the 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 tune over the top or singing, and it would it would feel like it was as if you'd smashed a mirror and it was out in space, and that as you you'd begin to bring all the pieces together into something really <laughs> fabulous. And I know you wrote it down, but usually in those days, you certainly didn't write it down before I'd heard it. But yeah, that the process that I used was very much like a an abstract painter kind of making crazy brush strokes and then uh, and then going over it you know and sort of assembling the pieces you've also got the um the i truly believe you write the best tunes of anybody i've ever met but you also write the most complicated tunes and i also have memories of like you playing me tunes in the really early stages in your music dungeon and me thinking it's so complicated i'll never i, I can't pick it up and then now you know 20 years later they go around my head because they're sort of so deep in the folk tradition and certainly at that point there was both of us were quite influenced by eastern europe that they they sort of hit a weird sort of meme in me that i can never forget them that they dig really deep into my psyche 
yeah. I mean, from listening to a lot of sort of folk music and and stuff like that, they they, they are quite often are lo- lots of notes and but sort of patterns and lots of little hooks in there, and and some of them are just phrases that sort of repeat but are just slightly different here and there. So being a bagpiper, I kind of sort of influenced by that in a big way, and I kind of yeah, sort of a lot of the tunes that I come up with a sort of stem from that sort of bagpiping which is a solo instrument you know so bagpiping drone based melodies that oh i love a drone you know i do (laughs) right then tell us about your first choice what it is and why you've chosen it well the first choice is edelezi uh, which is by goran bregovic from the film the time of the gypsies by emma costa rica which is a absolutely beautiful tune and i think it's one of is the i mean the film uh kind of blew me away and i'm not sure that was mid 90s as well but it's um got me very interested in in gypsy music and eastern european balkan uh music and um it's just such a haunting melody it's incredibly sad and uh and really moving Shabbat 
love that band sound, Stuart. It does take me back mm. to early knee high. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just on it, the big horns, horn section. Tell yeah. me more about it. Tell me more about that piece of music. Um, well, it's, I mean, I've just been reading a bit more about it because I didn't, I, I didn't know a great deal about it apart from the sort of festival of Edelezi being a gypsy festival to do with St George. But apparently it was it was comes from a song from the 1940s and it was to do with uh, gypsies and Serbs and being sent off to concentration camps and knowing that they weren't going to return. So it was oh. a, they used to sing it on the trains, knowing there was no way back and it was they were going to die. It's absolutely tragic. You know. And yet you can feel the life force forcing its way through, which is so similar in a lot of folk music, isn't it? The, the, Absolutely. The balance of life yeah. and death in some sort yeah. of really essential form. Take me back a bit. Take me back to your musical roots um, before I met you. Well, I started playing the drums when I was about 10. Um, it was back in that was back in the 1970s where the, the punk rock had just happened and the whole idea was that anyone could get a band together and anyone could be a musician and that's what me and all my friends did and i started on the drums and um yeah we we were off that was all pretty much all i did with my spare time from about the age of 10 was write songs and, and practice in bands and it was really yeah it was just the thing to do but it was it was a lot of fun and uh i started writing songs but i didn't have any instruments so when i was about 13 14 i got a guitar and started to learn uh learn guitar and then i was singing and sort of writing lots of songs and by the time by the time i was 16 we'd done about 10 albums <laughs> of like cassette tapes that we'd, we used to sell at school and uh it was all very punky very noisy i bet uh, it was i bet so how Very did funny. how did the young punk rock Stu Barker come to theatre? How did that happen? Um, I think that came in via. I started busking on the streets, so I was playing the penny whistle and then the Bowron and the didgeridoo, <laughs> and uh, started playing the bagpipes and the mandolin and the banjo and busking on the streets, and um, somebody saw me and got in touch with uh, a, a theatre company called Horse and Bamboo up in Lancashire was were looking for a musician and they invited me to come along for an audition and they were looking for people who played you know lots of things or interesting unusual things and I had I think I played trombone at that point and bazooki and drums um, but yeah drums was was sort of the main thing that I started with I don't think I even knew that I didn't know you were originally a drummer yeah yeah that's going way back. I mean, I, I remember doing gigs when I was about 14 years old in Liverpool and Manchester and um, everyone else in the band was six years older than me. So they they were all fine, but I was still a boy <laughs> and uh, it was quite an eye opener. And uh, nobody ever said, where's your dad? Or, you know, someone should be looking after you or anything. But uh, I sort of managed to get away with it. Well, that was the and, 70s, wasn't it? Nobody really cared what uh, we did. Yeah, I know. Uh, so it was very well, exciting. I just think, uh, when I think about how it's influenced your work and my work, is I think that because you came from that band background, is that the way that we, mm. we created theatre music together had that real sense that it was being created in the room at the same time. There wasn't a sense that there was a separate process that was being laid on. Is that we 
always yeah. had this sense that it was that we were just a big band and some people were dancing some people were singing some people were acting but it was a big band making music and i think that you had a massive influence on that massive mm. yeah it's very spontaneous and a lot of ideas would happen in in the room and you know yeah well we be... didn't have much pressure in those days so we didn't have to prepare no. so much did we we just used to rock up <laughs> and start work <laughs> and you look back at it yeah. now and you think you have to do so much preparation now but yeah we yeah. used to turn up on day one and say what should we do <laughs> give us your next know. choice yeah. and tell me why tell me about it um the next choice is if i remember rightly um public image limited and yes. the flowers of rome so um punk was a big thing about for getting me into music and um in 1978 after the sex pistols johnny lydon formed public image limited which was a much more interesting band and uh mixed influences like um dub dub reggae and they had an incredible drummer and they were quite experimental and almost almost, almost a bit arabic sounding with the guitars and they were a very very experimental sort of band and um yeah one of my favorite groups
Wow. That's not exactly easy listening. <laughs> no. But I see what you mean though. I mean, it's the, the energy is undeniable and it's so raw, isn't it? Which again is yeah. your punk roots, which I feel that you always bring to, to music. You always bring that rough edge and I love it. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very unusual track when you <laughs> when you hear it on its own. It's <laughs> um, but they were sort of very experimental, and it's the sort of when post punk became, you know, it, it, it could have all kinds of different influences creeping in there, and it was sort of quite an explosion of ideas really for for a young musician, you know. Oh, so I'm going to take us forward a bit in time onto Don John, Stu. Oh. Great. Which I yeah. feel is the most underrated show that we made. Yeah. I just Fabulous think it was girl. ahead of its time. And um, I don't know. I just think, I think if it had been after Me Too, in fact, I think if we'd done it in the wake of Me Too, people would have said it was too much sort of nail on the head. But I think of its time, it was too early, too yeah. edgy. Um, but I look back at that and I think it was an absolute masterpiece. And I'm going to play It's yeah. Winter in Your Heart, which oh, is just goodness. such an amazing anthem. And this, I used to play this in my car on, on repeat and I used to drive too fast to it. It got me so excited and I'd sing along <laughs> and I'd listen to Dom Lawton's um, vocals, um, Anna Murphy's mm. lyrics and your music. And I used to feel that I could um, rule the world listening to this.
feel all the punk coming through that stew but also the classical it's so epic and so angry and yeah Yeah. if i could go back in time it's probably one of the places i'd go is to donjon oh wow (laughs) yeah fantastic show fantastic show i think audiences are sort of bit put off when uh when some of the character a lot of the characters aren't very nice (laughs) (laughs) but you say that well that's true that is true maybe that maybe there's something to do they don't feel that with the Shakespeare, though, do they? You don't come out of Troilus and Cressida saying, oh, they weren't very nice. But I, th- I think maybe because the work we make often does have quite a warmth and a humanity is that when we make the tougher stuff, it possibly yeah. doesn't go down as well. But who knows? I loved it. Yeah. I really loved it. And I think musically, phenomenal. Phenomenal. Listen to Mr Lawton's voice as well. Oh, yeah. What's your next track tell me about it well this is um is it true what they say about dixie which (laughs) and it's um it's i suppose it's a song that my grandmother used to sing to me and my mum used to sing it to me so it's it just has memories from from very young and there's something about it the way that it goes into a diminished chord and there's something like i couldn't quite get my head around it very much when i was a kid but it was there was something about the way the melody weaved and i didn't know what dixie was or you know all these american references but um you know for me it could have all been about manchester yeah. <laughs> but there's it, there's something about it and it's uh, yeah I, I just love the song i think it was al jolson that was the did it originally and uh when i got a western swing band together a few years ago that was that was the first on my list of songs i wanted to do and 
yeah, there's, there's something about music and development of how it affects you at certain times of your life. And I think this is one that I'd always remembered from my grandparents and then and then my mum used to sing it later and then it was yeah it's just sort of stays with me really through it's almost like ancestral song you know when you chose this Stu it was I, I don't know what I was expecting but it's so light and and beautiful yeah. bouncy it's got a bounce to it that I wasn't expecting yeah 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 no it's that whole thing of, sort of being brought up watching the good old days <laughs> and this just was always stood out to me and that you've got such an eclectic taste like I say when you go back to those days when we used to be sharing tapes with each other such an eclectic taste in music because you love yeah. classical as well don't you oh yeah i love classical music and, and minimalism and i think when it, when i was a punk i got into classical music because nobody else liked it 
and it was like rebellious. Contrary, so you are. Used to buy loads of classical records from from jingle sales, and and just really loved it. And then, and then I remember buying all, lots of Philip Glass albums, and my mum and dad saying, "Oh God, we didn't we didn't like the punk rock with all the swearing, but that Philip Glass <laughs> drives me nuts. is bonkers." But that Absolutely. has served us really well. Your influence with the Philip Glass, because you, your use of harp and underscoring goes through many shows, and it works so perfectly yeah. with the human voice over the top, and the way that you get those repetitive patterns that repeat works so well with theatre. So they were wrong, yeah. mum and dad. <laughs> I know, absolutely. Well, <laughs> I mean, but the Philip Glass, I mean, he, a lot of what he does is the twos over threes, that kind of pattern. And it, it is wonderful. You can put it under any scene, really, and just stay on one chord. We, we, so it's like you've, you've got a bed of, of music without a melody on it, but you can just stay on one chord and then you can just change the chords and just subtly sort of move it around and it sort of works really well for underscoring oh and you're uh, the master uh, of that about that i think a bed is a really lovely um expression for it you you hold the scenes with your music and i mean i yeah. can't imagine making theater without that um with, without music and you understand it more than anyone else on the planet mr Barker. oh thank you and uh, as it's shakespeare's birthday is that uh, the <laughs> <laughs> Midsummer Night's Dreams back on the iPlayer, and there's that wonderful scene of the of the lovers with with that um, underscoring harp. Oh yes, the magic when they're chasing through the woods. Yeah, yeah, really hypnotic, and really yeah, the alchemy of that music worked fantastically. Mm. Well, listen, it's been very oh, yeah. wonderful to share tea and biscuits with you today. I feel we should do it again because we've got so much to talk about. But absolutely. Before it, yeah. I play you out, can I just say thank you very much for the years, decades of work and adventures we've had together, for introducing oh. me to world music and punk, and for writing the best tunes I think I've ever heard, and the soundtrack to a huge chapter of my life. So thanks, Stu, for all the music and pleasure you've brought to me. Well, thank you so much. It's an absolute pleasure. And, and I look forward to doing it again soon when this lockdown is over. Yes. <laughs> so I'm going to play well, you out with what could be our greatest blockbuster, Tristan and Isolt, with oh, the yeah. beautiful love song that is Sink Down. And this this show has toured on and off for well over a decade, probably 12 years. And every time there's a new cast and new musicians and we revisit it and more and more life is breathed into it. And I just feel that it's filled with the love of um, so many human beings and so many generations. And this song encapsulates it all. So thank you, Stu Barker. I'm going to play out with Sink Down.
If you have a memory or connection you'd like to share on Tea and Biscuits, leave us a message on our phone line 0117 318 3846. That's 0117 318 3846. Keep checking our social media for details of our next show. Tea and Biscuits is part of Wise Children's Lockdown. Thanks for hanging out with us. Bye. <laughs>